back at Flower Expo. Dimitri Downing here with co-host. Rita Valenzuela. Rita from Mita. And uh, we are Mita Unshackled, as everybody knows. And we're going to get right into it because we grabbed somebody cool. And, um, you know, I, I think a lot of people will be watching the Flower Expo podcast to learn a little bit about the Northeast and learn a little bit about Massachusetts, kind of get a, vi a feeling for what the vibe is out here, what's going on. But who better to share with us than Alex? Thank I you. Mean, you're, you're like the, the guy in the note, recommended by Jason Bellow. Your local dispensary. One of That's the big right. dogs, <laughs> one of the big dogs from uh, Flower Expo himself, and a guy who truly understands the vibe uh, that's happening with the cannabis industry nationwide. Yeah, there's Jason over there. He's going to walk by. So as, as we as we mentioned Jason Bellow, he walks by camera. That's kind of a, a moment. Foreshadow. Alex, tell us about yourself. How'd you get into cannabis? Talk about your dispensary. Tell us about Massachusetts. Let's just start sure. a conversation. Uh, I founded Bud's Goods in 2016. Uh, was not able to raise all the money necessary to be vertical. And then we really just pivoted to be focused on retail. Uh, I grew up here in Massachusetts, so I felt like I had home court advantage, and I played into that. Yep. Um, I handled all my own, like, shaking of hands in towns and getting them to know me and e expressing what we're trying to do. And I think what Bud's Goods has been able to accomplish is to be, uh, you know, a local neighborhood dispensary, right? We weren't chasing this vision of being a crazy number revenue store that was going to, you know, dominate the market share. We knew what this was going to evolve into. And so we built a store to compete. Like we're, we're in Worcester, Massachusetts. That's the most competitive retail market in, in, in all of Massachusetts. You know, we're, we're top performer in that market. Um, I, I, that's where I grew up. So that was home. Oh, no, that was the closest thing. And then, you know, we opened Abington in the South Shore and then Watertown. Uh, so, uh, Abington? Abington and Watertown. Okay. And when we opened Watertown, we became the first independent retailer with three stores but no grow. Um, independent retailer, three stores, no grow. Yes, the, the first one. So we were really focused on retail, good locations. Got it. Strong brand. Our brand is focused on you know, a New England lifestyle theme, you know, the New Englander, um, New Hampshire, Vermont in the winter, Cape Cod in the summer. Your retail brand is focused on. Be this yes. weekend, Cape Cod. Huh? She's going to Cape yeah. Cod this weekend. Yeah. See, like, so it's that vibe. And I, and I, and I think the more we learn about retail, what we're learning is it's like, it's a grocery store to consumers in many ways, even though no one understands that. Like, you know, what's sold in that grocery store is dependent on which community that grocery store is in, right? If it's in a predominantly, you know, let's say Hispanic community, they're going to sell things that cater to the food culture Spanish of that. Spanish names, yeah. Exactly. So same thing for dispensaries. What kind of flowers sold there? Is it more predominant on concentrates? Is it more predominant edible market? Is it, you know, you know, you got to steer adjust. the store, adjust to are there soccer moms there adapt. exactly yeah or is it all college kids you know that at the end of the day it is about the consumers and what yeah. their preferences are that's just like you know economics i was sitting in a, that's in right. a, in a conversation with one of the biggest uh, retailers in phoenix uh, just yesterday uh day before yesterday and he was talking about he can't give away shake at one of his stores and mm -hmm. at one of his other stores that's all they want to buy and this is like other sides of phoenix so it's yep. wild. You really have to pay attention to your consumer. Cater to exactly. that dispensary location. And not just in products, but in advertising and marketing and the vibe and everything. And that's going to make and, you successful. The staffing, 
right? You got to pair the, the, the stack right. to understand the culture of the people coming in. Tattoos, piercings at night, not in the morning. <laughs> you know, Sam. you have to think through all that. And so, you know, by being one thing in this space versus trying to do all these things oh, in this space. Oh, man, that's right. I think we've that's our advantage. That, no, that, is, that is that that laser focus on retail. I've seen I've been in this since 2012. And I've seen people focus on brands, focus on cultivation, focus on retail, focus on delivery, focus on distribution, and try to focus on the whole vertical, the whole supply chain. And those people who focus on one thing tend to do better and produce a better product or service in the end. You know, we specialization in trade. Too many people were trying. She throws out the economic term. Yeah. (laughs) Too too many people are trying to 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 swing for the fences in every opportunity in this space. Everyone wants to build a hundred million dollar company. It's like, what's wrong with a couple million dollar company, right? right? And build them and grow them and scale them and look at what what will happen in ten years, not two. And so our industry is pivoting right now because it's shifting. In order to stand this industry up, it took people who were real estate experts, financiers, um, you know, understood how to navigate through municipal regulations and law. But those are not the same skill sets necessary now to run the businesses once you get them open. And so there's this fundamental switch happening in the marketplace where like a lot of operators who are able to stand these things up are not the same people. And so you're seeing like this change occurring in, in, in the whole business landscape. So with that change, you have three retail right now. You have other interests as well. Are you going to get more retail? What are you thinking? What's next for Bud's? Uh, Buds has just launched something called Buds Goods and Services. Okay. And so we've built out a 20,000 square foot packaging facility that uses automation and robotics to service cultivators and independent retailers to package flour and pre-rolls. Can you manufacture? That is under a manufacturing license. But So, so like one example of what we do is a, a cultivator has 500 pounds. They send it into us. They say we want 200 pounds uh, in pouches, eighths. We want 100 pounds in half gram pre-rolls. We want the other 200 pounds in jars of five grams, right? Yeah. And we can package and service all of that for the cultivator rather than them doing all the packaging in-house. So you can white label just about anything. Yes. I like you. So I'm glad I met you already. Our focus is helping existing operators to find efficiencies and scale and navigate ultimately like which lane do you want to play in within this space because – I've yet to really truly see a cultivation that's put in the actual necessary effort and knowledge and technology to package at the sc- even if they all succeed and they build out the mega factories like they're still bottlenecking in the packaging. No, absolutely. You know, retail is going to change a lot, so is cultivation. Uh, I honestly think one of the best and I know you got to go here. I have 15 minutes. Okay, one of the best and most secure investments and uh opportunities for growth in this industry isn't kind of what you're doing, uh, packaging, manufacturing, and distribution as well? Uh, We are not similar to retail. We do one thing at a time. We're not doing distribution. We return back to our customer all of their packaged goods. Mm. They can take care of that. They can take care of that. (laughs) Okay. but So you could do distribution, though, if you want to. Yes. Are you allowed to distribute under a manufacturing license, or is that a yes. separate license? Yep, you can okay, here in yeah. Massachusetts. Good. Yeah, and some states have the independent distribution license, yep. which is just dumb, too, 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 not too unnecessary. Well, well, this is fantastic. I, I love what you do. Are you working with any um, 
uh, well, so when did the, the facility open, the, the, the packaging facilities? We just, ju opened? we just brought on our first uh, line, which is our pouching line. Okay. Um, that came online two weeks ago, and our first few clients coming in the door. Yeah, because I think, you know, I mean, retail is fascinating. People watching this in the industry, looking to know who you are, are going to see the connection of you being like a, a, a doorway, a gateway, a conduit for them coming in if they have a good flower brand or a good manufactured line you know you're the guy to talk to to connect them to get into the market yeah you know, retail is cool it's all good and retail's Re fantastic retail but it's gives us the lens into where the market's going what consumers want how right. things move but and, and what's happening in the wholesale production world right it gives us all those insights but then we turn around and pivot and say where are the problems and how do we solve it and those solutions we can then roll out to other operators as a service. I'm going to hold on here because yeah, I can like fly away. Hold the tent down. Yeah, and so what industry were you in before the <laughs> that was my, industry? That was my next question. Uh, out of okay. college, I went into, I, mean, I was a consultant in the healthcare uh, and biotech space focused on like emerging markets and emerging technologies. So I was doing that for about almost 10 years in New York City. And then um, in 2015, a family friend approached me uh, to, you know, try to win licenses somewhere. And I, right. I settled on Massachusetts because that was one of the markets to try to win a license. I uh, was lucky to win one of the 100 medical licenses. Mm -hmm. Wasn't able to stand up the vertical. 100 medical licenses were issued in 2016? From 2012 to 2016, about 100 accumulated. Okay, good, thank you. Um, so... And then we won our license on the later side of that timeline when adult use just got approved. And so we weren't able to do verticals, so we said let's switch to adult use, focus purely on retail. You know, let's not sugarcoat what's actually going to happen. It always goes from medical to adult use. That's just the process. And tried to actually find retail locations that were like Starbucks, CVS, Bank of America worthy. Like if we saw that those names around our locations, we knew that was a good location, or I knew it was a good location. And so I think it was really important that like location is the number one key to success That's on good retail. Way to look at it. And then from there, it's all you know, it's the it's the it's the small things that make a difference, right? Customer service, brand appeal and aesthetics, access to parking is huge, communication, and then pricing. Tell us a little bit about the shelf space wars or lack of wars in the Massachusetts retail situation. I mean, there's a lot of brands out there. There's a lot of flower brands. There's a lot of vape pens. How does that work within your retail? I mean, it's a huge shit show in Arizona I think right now. I think part of the problem is there's so many brands and not as many producers. So, like, people are catching on that, like, this is a – let's not call – you know, I hate saying this. I don't even call them brands, right? It's a package that looks different with the same flower that's in the six other packages. Uh, in my opinion, a brand is something you create and it's basically printing money, right? Like, that's a brand. When Nike makes a shoe, they print money. Um, I don't know if anyone could say that. I think Cookies has gotten very close to it. They're the closest in, in it. Um, I look at flower like a commodity good, like almost like how people look at fruits and vegetables, right? right? You want a great Fair. fruit and vegetable. You want it to be fresh. You want it to smell good. You want it to be a good deal. And you want it to be in season, right? Similar, 
you know, if you're a true cannabis consumer, that's kind of more, if you're every day smoking, that's you're, you're that's what you want, right? So it, it's all got to align to be successful. And you know, we were the first to launch a white label brand in Massachusetts without a cultivation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we launched a product called Little Buds. We were basically Little Buds, okay. the, the first to like introduce a Smalls line. And I knew my market, right? I grew up in Worcester. I knew I couldn't be launching a $50 eighth. I need something that's affordable for my neighbor to come in and buy every day. Buying cannabis is not a luxury. It's, a ne- it's I'm not going to say it's a necessity, but it's a, it's a very strong desire to have on a regular basis if you're a real consumer. You know, I'll tell you a little story. And I, I wanted to tell you the story as soon as you said Worcester. I, I can't even say it. For- Worcester. Worcester. I'm out of out of Arizona. I went to Boston University, and I was given oh, a man. full ride to BU or Clark. Ooh, yeah. My sister went to Clark, and I came to Clark, and I walked in. Smart, smart choice. No offense uh, to Clark, but well, here's the ironic. One of the reasons why I didn't go to Clark was I was a kid coming out of the '80s into the '90s, and we were still reeling with the Nancy Reagan "Just Say No, Your Brain's Gonna Fry" thing. And I walked into the dorms at Clark, and I'm like. Everybody's smoking around here. Like I'm like, maybe this isn't for me. I walk into Boston University. Everybody's like uptight and conservative. I've changed over the years as I become more relaxed and indifferent. Yeah, you'll, you'll notice the but I was the, the Massachusetts New England cannabis beautiful town, consumer by the way. Beautiful, is very beautiful. different than like the Michigan versus California versus Arizona. Like we have our own cultures. The way we yeah. what's the biggest difference you would say like in terms of like how you would want to cater to those consumers in a different market as opposed to here. Very some sort of story even, right? I mean, for us, if I were to go into another market, I would still play what, who we are. I think the key to building a brand is authenticity. The moment you try to, like, just do what others are or try to do to be different, you're going to lose the authenticity. And somehow, customer always, like, feels the authenticity in a brand. They may not align with it, but they'll still acknowledge it as a brand. They'll say... You know, like not everyone wears Patagonia, but you would acknowledge that Patagonia is a brand, right? And so, you know, I think staying true to the New England brand of like hard work, dedication, winning, right? Like passion. Passion. Like, you know, if you're from out of state, you laugh at like the sports addiction we have. But like, I'm a kid that grew up in the 90s and 2000s in Mass in Massachusetts, like winning is what we know like i think that's great that we instilled that in that culture right like yeah we try to win on everything we do it's you know and so like instilling that into our brand is important so i would just if i were to go into other markets that's what i would try to represent is new england that's awesome that's yeah. awesome it sounds like you got a great vibe going on with your stores i wonder if we have a chance to get, what's the worcester would be the closest worcester, yeah but worcester. it's probably an hour away from here we're awesome. far yeah, We're far west. It feels like the middle of nowhere, but obviously, wherever it's, somebody it's, lives, it's is still not the, very nice. It's beautiful out here. It's, yeah, it, this is amazing. Little horses running by and stuff. So excellent. So um, we got what's next. Your center. Um, how do people get a hold of you? God. What uh, email? LinkedIn? <laughs> website? Instagram. Instagram. Cell phone no, number? No, no Instagram. Obviously, at, at, at Buds Goods is our Instagram. Um, you can email us at buds at budsgoods.com. Budsgoods.com is our email, uh, our website. Um, and then Google. Just Google Buds Goods. We should come up. We just recently won uh, 
uh, number one Boston.com ranked us dispensary in the in the state. So, Excellent. you know, each location has its own theme. Each location has its own vibe, caters to its markets. So all three of them are a great experience to come check out. Well, definitely, I'm definitely going to watch out for you. I'm very well aware that Dunkin' Donuts started in Boston, in Massachusetts. Was it oh, Boston? I, I can name Dunkin' Donuts, Cape Cod Chips, you know, like Massachusetts, Boston New England. Market, Boston we're, Chicken. We're really good at, like, penetrating a market really, really deep, grabbing a new balance, right? Like right. another Americana brand. The Kennedys? Kennedys, they just announced they're running. One of right, them. right, right. They just something just keep on growing. Well, you know, so, but, thank you. Yeah, it's been a pleasure getting to know you. This is one of our favorite things. I wouldn't have got to know you myself had we not connected. Now I know you better. We didn't know anything about each other before we started. Yep. And whoever else watches the podcast will get to know you a little bit more about What's what you do. What's going on in Massachusetts? Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a it's, it's a fight in market. But I think the you know the flower out here is great. It's getting better and better. It's really. It's competitive. Well, we really so. appreciate you joining us, and we look forward to watching you progress in the future. All right, thank, thank you. you. Nice meeting you. Nice meeting you. Nice meeting you, nice Rita. Meeting you. Rita.